So um, also, I wanted to know, because I didn't get to explore this a lot more, but what exactly is Coffee with the Principal? Yeah, so so Coffee with the Principal was born out of the Cafe Noir project. And basically, um, in the school systems, you know, where I do a lot of outreach, particularly in my hometown, um, you're always looking for, at least with me, um, I'm, I'm always trying to do something no one's ever done, but not because they've never done it, but just based on the fact that I wish it would have been done for me when, when I was coming up. Uh, because again, that authenticity is, is, is critical. So it's coming from a real place. Um, but I went back to my old middle school here in uh, Federway, Washington, which is south of Seattle. And um, African-American principal at the time named Jerry Warren um, and I had a sit down and and we began just talking about what we could do to um to disrupt the current model and 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 my input was you know when you're growing up it's like the principal's the ceo on campus mm-hmm. and he's the head coach of the head coaches on campus and most kids don't get a rapport with that guy like he's untouchable or that girl she, she's untouchable you know, what if we do something um, to encourage people that just love to read? And what if we make it so this has nothing to do with their total academic process. So this, this, this is not determined by whether or not they have good grades. Um, the participants are determined by whether or not they love to read. And if you love to read, um, because reading doesn't get its proper respect. So from a marketing standpoint, you say, you know, there's nothing any of us do without reading. Like in order to go to go grocery shop, you got to read. In order, you know what I'm saying? In order to drive a car, you're reading. In order to, do, you know, to do anything, you got to read signs and symbols mm-hmm. and signals and mm-hmm. everything is reading. Yeah. So what if we do, do some component of this where kids, um, and this is why we could justify that it had nothing to do with your total academic process. It's just, do you recognize the fact that you're always reading and do you already love to read? So whether you love comic books or whether you love novels or whether you love, you know, biographies or, you know, whatever your deal is, let's create a platform for these kids to come out and they do a live book report. This is the performance side of it. Cause this goes back to grandma's basement because she would make us read literature and, or, you know, or perform in front of all the cousins and whatever. And so they get up and they do a live book report about their favorite book, not some book that the school issued, not the school history book or the school, you know, whatever, just whatever their favorite book is that's on the shelf at the house that they love. And they come up and they talk about the author. They talk about what they like about the book. They talk about, um, you know, what they want to be when they grow up and, and, and what lessons they're getting out of the book. Um, and we host it at Starbucks and Barnes and Noble, but it's the reading and literature side of the Cafe Noir project, which is again, an ode to my grandmother who was into the music and literature and, and all these other things. So this is just the reading component of it. And it's powerful. It brings the principal and the kids and their parents off of the school campus into the community to just connect with each other on a point of interest thing. So you got commitment from your highest administrator. You got commitment from the kid 
um, and the parents. And, 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 the, and it's just, you know, a cool way to honor them. And there's all kind of give backs, you know, for them that, you know, other uh, companies from around the community, you know, really cool giveaways and, and different things like that. But it's just designed to kind of disrupt, um, you know, how we see things uh, and how kids um, understand whether or not adults are paying attention to them. And if adults are really in the know of what it is that's moving them. And oftentimes, you know, we got a lot of kids that love to read um, that are that are looked over because, you know, they don't got the 3.0 and higher thing going on. So they're kind of bypassed. But, you know, I was one of those kids. I loved magazines. I loved Sports Illustrated when I was growing up. You know, that was you know, man, I would have done a book, I would have done a magazine report in a heartbeat on the latest, you know, article of Michael Jordan winning his first title when I was growing up uh, on the cover of SI. Um, so we got kids that kind of coming from that space. You got kids that, like I said, are in the comics and animation and, and things like that. And you got kids that are into, you know, world history and yeah. culture and different things. So it's just a cool little platform. And that's, that's what Coffee with the Principal is all about. Okay. Well, first I gotta uh I gotta say shout out to Grandma, man. I think she needs some royalties because she's giving you all this inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> she's the backbone of it all. <laughs> and uh, you yeah. know, secondly though, I, what I think is really incredible about that is that what it does is it allows people to explore other cultures, um, other languages, like different things that. You know, you might read a lot of American literature, you know, like throughout high school or whatever grade level you're in. But the the kind of platform you're creating, I might bring like as an African-American man based on the books that I read, I might bring, you know, a, a Latino person or an Asian person or a white person into the world from which the books that I read. So now they understand who this person mm -hmm. is within, you know, the black community, somebody that was important to us or, you know who the Black Panthers were because, you know, they're not teaching that, you know, in school, right. at least when I was in school, they weren't teaching it like that. So, you know, if that's if that's where my interest is, now what I've done is allowed everybody else to be brought into that world. And I think that's that's really cool what you're doing because it's not just based on the books that the school is giving out. And then it opens right. up the opportunity for people to explore more of, hey, I'm actually interested in doing this. Like if it's some a certain type of career, that maybe they didn't know about before, but now they know about right. it because another student did a presentation on it. It's like, oh man, like I think I want to be a heart surgeon now. I didn't know that, you know, Daniel Hill Williams was the first person, African-American male to do open heart surgery. Like, I think that's pretty cool. I want to take that path. And also mm -hmm. what that does is it, it breaks down that hierarchy. You know, like how you said, the principal's like the CEO. And now it's like, okay, now we can get, on the same level and actually have a conversation with each other and it's fostering community by bringing a family out and it's building confidence within the um, the students who are participating. So now everybody's on the, the same level and they're sharing this experience together. And I don't think it, it makes them feel uncomfortable because usually in school when you're reading it's because you're about to be tested on something, you know, there's a grade involved. But now it's like, now right. you guys get to experience who I really am, what I'm interested in. And I think, that that can actually be a benefit to the adults as well because now they can help cultivate the students based on their interests, not what 
they feel they should be interested in or how school is um, pushing them in a certain direction. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like if you continuously see this child reading books about um, how to be a sports agent, then maybe you need to step aside and say, hey, well, let's look into what it actually takes to become that because I can see that you're very interested in that. Instead of reading, you know, Huckleberry Finn or, you know, these other books that maybe has nothing relevant to who they're going to become or the things that they believe in in life. So I just I commend you on providing that type of platform because it opens up everybody in the community to be involved. Absolutely. I appreciate that, bro. Definitely. And um, so I want to ask one more question about the the things that you do in the community and then i kind of want to switch it over to the the music business side because that is the purpose of this as well so i do want to find out some of the innovative things that that you're doing in order to generate income and how to keep your career steady but um so before we switch over can you tell us about the salah foundation and what its mission is yeah um the salah foundation is all about i apologize i'm uh, saying say oh no you're salah. good you're good okay Salah, yeah. It's um it's all about uh motivation, inspiration. Um, and it, it's it's all about getting people, getting youth especially into a space where they can thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, to move them out of surviving and into thriving. Mm-hmm. And um it's designed as an inspirational vehicle, you know, through it I can tour, I set up my programs, our programs like Coffee with the Principal. Um, I ran and managed an association with the foundation. Um, it is, it's the heart of, of, of what I do. And it will be a, a platform for other inspirers um, that want to get on and, and, um, and find ways to get to people. I really believe that in order to truly connect with people, um, someone's got to be willing to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm and get to them, you know, where they're at. And, you know, our people, as far as the youth culture is concerned, they're on school campuses. That's what, that's where they are. And a lot of times these schools don't have funding. You know, they don't have budgets for programs. They don't got budgets to bring people in. They have budgets and it's questionable. It's worth being questioned, you know, how they're being used. But, but nine times out of 10, they're not necessarily being used in a direction um, where the community can synergize with the school and and work in a collective um, kind of circle to have greater impact uh, on the kids. So the Salah Foundation is is in place to try to become, you know, that bridge that connects the community um, with you know the school, the campus life, uh, but brings an inspirer you know, to the table that's actually authentically lived and gone out there and, and, and done some things that the kids can look at and say, okay, I get it. We provide roadmaps. Um, we're developing, you know, workshops and other programs for, for specific things, you know, summits and conferences um, that we're developing. And um, I'm just excited for it, man. It's, it's the ultimate fulfillment when, uh, you know, when you know you're connecting like that. And it's not just kids, it's adult, it's adult sectors too, because we got a lot of adults that need love, you know, that need need an ear, need to be inspired um, and motivated or need to heal. 
uh, you know, in, in, in some regards. So I'm not saying that, you know, that we do everything. We don't got the cure for cancer and we don't have, you know, we're not fighting the battle for, you know, for diabetes and, and, and things like that. This is just about, you know, using, um, you know, artistry, you know, as a means to inspire and motivate, educate and, and get people to a place to thrive. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's people for that. You know what I mean? So I still commend you on doing the work that you're doing because it's 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 as important to me. And this is my perspective, because I had an older gentleman tell me before, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, people will die. And I, I take that yeah. to heart because I'm like, man, you know, if I if I don't make the the song that inspires this person to like, you know, put down a bottle or not think about suicide or, you know, to fix their their relationship or whatever it may be. If they didn't have that for me or, you know, other artists or even if it's like a painting or an essay or something without who you are as a person and, and contributing what you can to society, society. Yeah, people will be affected by that. We may not think that because, yeah, maybe you don't work for the American Cancer Association or one of these big national names that people know of, but your work is just as important. Like, I don't think there's one person that can stop homelessness, but if you know a person that lives in your community that's homeless and you can focus on helping them, you know, maybe giving them food or giving them covers, like, that's good enough, you know, for what you can do to contribute to society. So I don't think, you know, it's up to one person to have to do everything. And I think what you're doing is great. And, um, you know, I, I would say keep doing it, man, because it's very important because I know how it affects the communities. And um, because I've been in programs as a kid where I'm like, man, if I didn't have this mentor, who knows where I would be today? Or if I didn't have right. like this this um elder giving me certain wisdom who knows where i would be today and so like to me even things that people may see as small they're very big you know in in the scheme of how somebody's life plays out and so um you know it's very important i think that you should you should keep doing it especially for our people because we need that you know so even though i'm not in seattle i still know how effective it is and how it's going to be because the kids that you're working with just based on what you're doing, they're going to they're going to leave that state. You know what I mean? And they're going to travel and they're going to take those jewels that you taught them. And they're going to take them to other states and they're going to take them to other countries. And it's going to be global at some point. So, you know, like you're planting the seeds that are going to sprout across the world. And so, you know, I'm just thanking you, brother to brother, for doing that for us in our community. Because it's needed and simple. Man, that's powerful, man. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled to hear that because. I just I love how you see the importance um, of the work, and I appreciate you know the the alignment um, with you know some of the you know some of the more uh, prevalent and, and maybe even priority urgent uh, type of uh, charitable organizations that are out there um, fixing and working and healing and bringing solutions. And you know, music is is oftentimes undermined, and the power of human potential, the power of human, um, you know, just that, that love, that, that exchange of connecting, um, is, uh, is, is one of those things that hasn't been totally understood, but, but it is a powerful thing and it does work. And I've seen the change. I've seen it in the kids, I've seen it in families and in, in adults. Um, so I know, I know firsthand you're, you're absolutely, uh, 
Correct, man. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. No doubt, man. Appreciate you. So, um, just to switch it over a little bit to the the business side of the music, I wanted to figure out what are some tools that independent artists can use to generate income within a new music business? Because I know the models are changing a lot. Yes. So, let me do this right now. I know this is going to sound strange. Okay. But this is, but, but this is the truth in this digital era. Mm-hmm. Do not forsake physical merchandise. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just because there's streams and download, do not get it twisted. Here's a, here's a big secret that a lot of people don't look at that I'm just going to freely give right now. You always watch what's being carried in the big box stores. Mm-hmm. So when I say big box, I mean Walmart, um, Target, you know, Costco, uh, Best Buy, um, FYE. There's a lot of stores out there that are, if you walk through them and you pay attention, not as a consumer, but as a, someone doing research, you're going to find CDs, DVDs, and vinyl everywhere. In every one of these stores, you're going to find it. Right. And you got to ask yourself the question, why? If there's no more physical, then why are these stores having an annual 7 to 30% rise in physical product over the last five years? And what's happening there? And what's really going on is that the buying market, um, which is which is as far as you know entertainment is concerned, is being fueled by the home entertainment consumer. You know that family that used to love to go to Blockbuster on a Friday and Saturday night and and, and rent their movies. And uh, I, I, I'm going to assume that that you're old enough, Barry, to remember this era mm-hmm. where you know you go pick up, you, you know, you get to you get your licorice and your microwave popcorn and yeah. two three flicks and uh-huh. and blah blah blah. Okay, well, well, just because the store went away, that family didn't. Right. Just because the ain't there no more, don't mean those shoppers are gone. And this is what people misunderstand about real consumers. Take your mind off of trying to be hot and trying to fit in. The buyer is not at the club. The buyer is at Sears. The buyer is not at the club. The buyer is at Walmart. The buyer is not at the club. The buyer is at Barnes and Noble. The buyer is at Starbucks. The buyer is at, they're out shopping and consuming. And if you're an artist, you got to be careful to not get caught up in the hype stuff, especially when you're an independent and you don't got a big million dollar machine behind you making you the hype. You got to really like lock in like, man, how do I get into a niche? How do I get in front of a consumer? And why are these stores full of vinyl and CDs? And why does Barnes and Noble have a vinyl rack in the middle of the store? What's going on? Well, people, that were supposed 
saying that, you know, that error was done. It's, it's kind of breaking up a little bit. Can you say that again? Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, they, they didn't realize that they still had home entertainment systems. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize that there's still millions and millions of cars on the road with CD players in them. Right. They didn't, you know, they didn't realize, you know, just because there's no more stores, it doesn't mean that that family that owns 2,000 CDs just got rid of them all. Like, people still enjoy their products. People still want to touch things. People still go to concerts. In fact, the concert um, culture is bigger now than it was ever. You got bands, you got bands that weren't active 10 years ago hadn't been on the circuit at all um, since the 80s and the 70s that are now touring the world again because you got consumers that are now demanding it. And that family that used to go to Blockbuster, whose kid was on Twitter and on Snapchat and on Facebook, now he's on Facebook, right? Like the, the head of that family, you know, that, that dad is now on Facebook. That mom is now on Facebook. And guess what they got at the house? CD players and DVD players. I say that to say, don't get caught up in the trend. Get caught up in the market. The market at retail tells you what the demand is. You go into that Best Buy and mark my words. I'm gonna give you a great example. Um, my youngest daughter, uh, who I love dearly, we're in the store and we're, um, we're Christmas shopping. And we decided to go into Best Buy. And she's, for the longest, been asking for a record player, which kind of shocked me because I was like, yo, what you know about records? <laughs> she's following so, family history. You know, she's on, yeah, she's all on the thing. She's like, she's like, oh, dad, you know, all the kids in school got them. I said, wow. what? The kids in school got them? Wow. She's like, yeah, the kids got the little, they got the record players. I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, so we in Best Buy, bro. And I'm talking to this representative because I'm asking them to point out where the record players are. And I literally back into the, um, I guess it would have been a display, but I back into it and I quickly turn around because it looks like the box is about to knock over. And I grab it and in the box, on the cover of the box is, it's a boom box. It's the old school ghetto blast. Mm-hmm. And it's got the it's got the cassette deck. It's got it's got the CD component on it, and it's got the USB plug-in. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like this, I used to walk the street with one of these on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And wow. here, here this is back in the middle of the store, bro. Like it's in the store in Best Buy during the Christmas holiday season. I mean, there's boxes of them. And I started talking to the guy and he's like, yeah, we're getting tons of shipments. It's like, this is the new thing. It's like people, people still want to have, you know, um, the access to be able to experience their collection and do new things. And don't get me wrong. I, I believe the digital game is beautiful. Um, but it, it's always and forever just a mirror of the physical. Like, the only thing you can put out, the only thing you can put on the digital is what you go physically do. Right. You know, you still got to, you still got to record your stuff. You still got to, um, 
you know, make things happen. You still got to tour. You still got to talk to people. You still got to go perform. You still got to do all these things. And so my number one secret is do not neglect the old school. It will always and forever work because it's the original, it's the original get down. So always have a little bit of merch on you because people love that. And I can tell you from firsthand experience at Starbucks and other retailers I've worked with, um, I've always done well in, in selling my, you know, my physical merch. And um, it's, it, it's just a good thing. So don't totally rely upon digital. And then the second thing is be a workhorse. Like be into your rehearsal schedule, be into your study habits of the game, like treat your artistry like an athlete treats their athletic profession. Like really go to work, like go to the gym and, and, and find the same way the b-ballers is in the gym hooping, you know, go find your spot to, you know, choreograph your performance or, or, or rehearse and, and don't be ashamed of it. Like, you know, be, be a professional about it because that's also part of the allure of people understanding that that's what you do. Yeah. Like, definitely. you know, be vocal about that. Right. Like, you know, man, there's, there's methods to this, go on YouTube and look at the best singers and, and, and research, um, their training behaviors for, for their vocals. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, your, your rehearsal schedule, have that jotted down, post about that on Facebook and, and, and some of these other things, because, you got to build people's trust into the fact that you're not just an artist, but that you're a committed artist. Yeah. Like nobody wants to buy someone who's committed today, but then two years from now is, you know, on something completely different. Like they want to know that you're living out the expression. So having that commitment does you a lot of favors in, in, in building the brand appropriately. So be very committed to the work ethic of being a dope artist. Um, and do not forsake the physical merchandise thing. The other thing is it does is the physical thing keeps you from being lazy. So you can't just rely on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, um, to promote your situation when you got a half a garage full of CDs, Right. like, you know what I'm saying? Get out there, <laughs> get out there, move you know, cre create a plan where you, where you move that. And then, and then that's my third, comp my third component, man, is have a team, have a team and be prepared to give them a piece of the pie. It's not about you. It's, it's about everybody getting a piece, especially if you can't, you know, pay everyone uh, right, right out the start, um, give everybody an incentive and a vested interest in you and let them play a role in, in, make, in making that thing happen. So don't forsake the old school merch. Um, you know, be a workhorse on your rehearsal and re always refining your skills, always be committed to becoming great as a talent, um, and then have a team. Those are my three. Those are, I can go on and on and on, but I, but, but I think those three are, are critical. All right, that's good feedback. And I, I think to your um, second point of being a workhorse, I think it only makes sense because people want to invest in people who invest in themselves. So it's like, why would I yes. give you some money or support you when you're not even putting in the work yourself? Mm-hmm.
in terms of gaining awareness, what are some methods that you use to gain awareness around your music? You know, that's a that's an interesting question. And I think it's, you know, it's best answered by, you know, first looking at where you're at. Like, what do you have going on? You know what I'm saying? If, if, uh, if you just made a song or you just made an EP um, and that's the thing or that's the product you're promoting, or let's say you haven't promoted a product and you're just a talent. Um, if you're just a talent and you don't have producers and you don't have all this kind of stuff, one thing you might want to look at is some of these contests, like the voice, the American Idol type stuff, the, you know, these kinds of things, because they are perfect for that artist who's just that regular person that might have a, a really, really good voice. Um, and it potentially can become a career in some kind of a construct like that. If you're somebody that's already committed, you already know you have talent, it's already verified and justified, then hunker down on creating a product or some kind of demonstration of that skill and fearlessly promote it, but intelligently promote it. So there's, there's three realms that you got to look at and making a dent, and this is without me knowing, you know, what somebody's goal would be. If somebody's goal is to get a deal, then there's a way you need to go about letting people know. Uh, if somebody's goal is just to just get people interested um, in the fact that they're talented, like they got a show coming up or something, um, then you got to really know how to motivate friends and family. Because here's because here's the math. If you got friends and family, they say you got 20 people and your friends and family. And, and, I, and I mean this seriously. I know a lot of people do this and it's like, I texted so-and-so or I made a phone call or I, um, you know, I, I, I instant message somebody on Facebook or something, but I'm talking about like a family meeting. <laughs> you hold that family meeting, like it's serious. Mm -hmm. And you let the whole family know and you let the family and friends know, hey, I'm starting a, a, a career as an artist. And I got a show coming up in one month. And my goal is to get 100 people into that show. And I need every one of you. If you love me, if you believe in me, if you support me, I need you all to be there and bring two people with you. Feel free to tell the word, spread the word to whoever, but you got to go to that, whoever that core group. For some people, that friends and family is just a crew. You know, it's, it's who they're running with. Like, but you still need to have that initial meaning, like it's serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yo, yeah, everybody's coming to mom's crib. We cooking, and we gonna sit at the table on some like we about to say grace type shit. But I yeah. excuse my language. But but you know what I mean? Like we, I I gotta come level with y'all about where I'm headed. And because I want you to take me serious. I'm, uh, there's, there's so many artists that, that skip this step. And they, they, they give themselves a lot of trouble and struggle because the friends and family don't believe in them and don't support them. And they never challenge why that is. And sometimes it's just, you didn't make a big enough deal about it to mm -hmm. the friends and family. Mm -hmm. So you gotta like put your life on it. Like right there, 
I need mom, I need pops, I need uncles, I need aunties, I need cousins, I need everybody got to be here. This is for real. I'm putting my life on this. I'm going to the top. Once you do that, you'll be surprised. It gives you two benefits. One, you'll be surprised who comes out the woodwork that's like, yo, cuz, I got you. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know you was on that, but I got you. Hey, do you need to get in the studio? Because my boy owns a studio. He give it to you for free. You know, you, there's no telling what's in that, uh, that, that initial friends and family realm that are resources and things that can help you if you approach them seriously yeah, and like collectively. That. You feel me? Yeah. So, so if, if your goal is to throw that show and get there, you got to go to them first and you got to raise the roof about that. Then the next step is the industry is the same way. The industry has pillars. So you got to decide, do I go after fans or do I go after respect within my industry or can I get them both? The first thing is radio still matters. Again, it goes back, it goes back to the don't neglect the old school thing. Like these companies that are the OG companies, most of them have not gone anywhere. They've evolved. You know what I'm saying? Every radio station is streaming. Every radio station has a website now. Every radio station, is everything you doing in social media, so is every radio station. So is every record label. So is every, if you're on Instagram and, and you know 10 labels you want to connect with, make them your friends immediately. Start following them on Instagram. Don't bug them. Don't, 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 uh, don't bug them yet. Just Follow them, follow their moves, follow their artists, see who they most recently signed. Like put yourself in the rhythm of where you want to go now from like right, right from where you stand. It's no different than when you love your favorite football team. Like, oh, oh, that's your favorite team. Okay. Well then you need to follow the rhythm of that. Like what's in the news about them? Who's the new head coach? If you don't know the new CEO of that label and the new VP, you know, you got to be reading the trades, you know, um, get a subscription to Billboard, you know, subscribe to Music Connection, like listen to, um, you know, shows like what you're doing right now. Get the, I saw that you had one of my lawyers I've worked with for a long time, Richard Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Um, Richard's a great on, guy. On your show. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. I, you know, I've worked with him for life. I don't know. 15, 16 years. And, um, and he's phenomenal in his space, you know, with this, with this whole digital game. But, but my point is, is like, you got to start to identify who your network is. Or when you really get into the rhythm of the industry people, you'll start to see who they're following and who's important to them. And you'll be a part of that algorithm because that's, that's the real key. And at some point, you want to have some kind of a strategy to introduce your product to that label or to that radio station or, or what have you. Um, the fans, this is the third component. This is where it marries with the workhorse theory. If you're dope and you're committed, I promise you, fans are consequential. Like all success, I believe all success is just a consequence. Like there's no real magic to it. It just happens because you have a behavior about you yeah. that produces results. 
if you work out every day and you eat right and you think right, you're going to look really good physically. You're going to be happy mentally and emotionally, right? So it's the same thing with business. If you're conducting things a certain way, it doesn't mean everything is going to be, you know, great. It just means that your eventual end point, end game is going to be success if you're doing these things. So fans come as a result of being interested in you because you are very good at what you do or you're very committed to what you do. And they, and, and they, you know, they follow that like they follow anything, the same way we follow our favorite football and basketball teams or um, that's my favorite meal, that's my favorite restaurant or that's my favorite pair of shoes or that's my favorite car. It's just something we like because we like it, because it's there and it's, and it's in front of us and it intrigues us and it's attractive. So the thing as an artist that makes you attractive is you having that character on point and you having a work ethic um, and a commitment to showing the people those wares, those skills. And um, if, you, if, if you got that with that work ethic, then you know, naturally you're gonna be a good showman. You give people a good show, you give people a good performance, um, you're gonna have a fan at the end of the day. It's just, it's just the consequence if you do things right. But yeah, true. that would be my, my three tips. Yeah. Cause I, I even see it without the talent, you know, like some people say, Oh, you gotta be talent because I know you mentioned commitment and talent, but we all, you know, have our opinions and may see people that we don't necessarily seem as talented as others, or maybe we may sometimes feel like, oh, I'm more talented than, than that person. How come they made it? it? It's because their level of right. commitment. And sometimes we can become comfortable because we are talented. So you think it'll just fall in your lap. But their commitment is going to beat your talent every time because they're going to be consistent. Every time. People are going to keep showing them. You know, we might put out one video or one song and think that, oh, because I'm good, people are going to follow me. They're going to keep listening to it. And it's just going to spread by word of mouth. But if you got somebody that's working at it and then again people are seeing that progress too like where this person started and how they're um making progress throughout time they have a storyline to follow man i remember when he was recording in his bedroom and now he's in this great studio you know what i mean or you know she was performing in high schools and now she's at whatever her city is their arena you know so people can follow that storyline because the commitment is there and um that's what i really try to stress with people too like man it's it's not just about your talent like Talent is cool, but that commitment and that dedication and that work is going to beat it every time. There's probably tons of players that are better than Jordan, but they wasn't practicing after the game, you know, after they had already won. Jordan's winning the finals, you know, and he's still going back and shooting free throws after the games and after championships, you know what I mean? So it's like that continuous yeah. workhorse method that you said, I think that's going to beat out talent every time because your talent – is only going to go as far as you maximize it as well. So you may be like naturally good at something, but somebody who wasn't as good as you, you know, over time surpass you because they put in extra work. And if you already got the talent, it's like, why not put in that extra work? Then you can become even greater. If you have a naturally great singing voice, then keep taking vocal lessons and that'll put you in an even better position. But eventually, if you just stay there with where you are, somebody might eventually get there and then pass you up. And you're like, man, I was better than them yeah, for a time period, but that's not going to last.
Right. Well, you know, it, it, it goes back to the character thing, you know, um, commitment might be the greatest talent any one person could ever have, um, you know, and, and, uh, and you're absolutely correct. You know, talent in and of itself um, is usually not enough. And, and in some cases can be a recipe for disaster if that person has just got talent, just makes it to the top without the other components of the character, the commitment, the work ethic, the, um, the, those different things. There's, 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 there can tend to be realms of self-destruction associated with just pure talent uh, with, no dis- with no discipline. Right. So, you you know you gotta have uh, you gotta have that other stuff there. It's 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 uh it's imperative. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so my final question. I know we've been on for about two hours. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do appreciate everything you've shared thus <laughs> All far. Good. But my so my final question is: How can an independent artist find opportunities to make money from live performances? Um, and also, do you allow opening acts for your tours? Or are you like the main performer? How does that usually work out in, in opportunities that you've given to people and opportunities that you have defined yourself? Yeah, so, you know, you can definitely make money, you know, from shows. I think, and here's where the other part of the, the commitment equation, this is kind of like a, um, an, a long-running, ongoing answer to everything. So it's all one and the same. And that is you got to have a business um, strategy. Um, associated with you. This should be a part of your workhorse ethic. That there's a business strategy um, that you're thinking about long before you get to the show. Like, and that business strategy, for example, may include um, at by such and such date, you know, three, four months from now, I want to book my first show. So in my strategy, I might, I might do the friends and family meeting that says, hey, y'all, I'm serious. I'm throwing this show. I want everybody to be there. I'm going to rock the house. Mark this on your calendar. I'm feeding you all dinner tonight because, you know, and it don't got to be dinner. It could be a popcorn party. It could be a uh, whatever, whatever you want to do, but you got to let that initial crew know that you're serious. Um, and, and because that sets the tempo for you to make money. And it's through that that it's like, yeah, I'm going to have tickets. I'm going to be able to give all of you, you know, one ticket, but I'm throwing this show and um, whoever you invite is going to have to pay, but I'm, I'm going to fill the room and do something amazing. And, you know, this kind of thing, because then, you know, you're setting the tempo for some initial tickets to get sold. And a lot of people don't know the power in this, like, it's not just about you getting a, a pack of tickets and selling them in order to play. It's like that ticket is a indicator for deal makers down the road. Like they're for your fans. It's the calling card that says people are into you. Now, how you get them to buy them or how you get them to come in the room, that's a whole nother thing. But in your business strategy, you need to be thinking about how many tickets did I sell? Or here's my ticket goal. Um, and not be worried about the monetary side of it, but just the fact that um, tickets are being moved because that still means something um, in our industry. 
So whether you're going through a company like Brown Paper or you're go or you're or you're literally coming up with your own custom tickets or whatever, you want to create a ledger that shows, you know, I got a 200 seat room. Um, I want to sell every ticket out, you know, and so you got to let you got a ledger for that. So then the next thing is, um, you know, you might be able to successfully negotiate with whoever you're, wherever the venue is, a piece of the bar. You know, maybe you can say, I'm going to be bringing 100 people in. Um, they're going to be buying drinks. I'd like 15% of the bar during my hours of operation. You know, so if my show is running from 8 to 11, then, you know, I want a piece of that. Um, I, I want a piece of that point of sale, you know, saying from 8 to 11 on all beverage. Um, and, and, and those are negotiable things that you can do within your contract. Uh, the next thing you might want to think about is your merch. So now you got your tickets. Now you got, you know, your, your, your uh, potential to sell some of the bar or get a piece of the bar revenue. Um, now you got your CDs and your T-shirts, right? So how many of them are you going to have in the room? Um, you want to know what that number is based on how many people are coming. You always want to live by the 10% rule as far as your projections are concerned. So in your projections, if you know 100 people are coming, you want to know that you've had some success if you can land 10% of them to buy anything that, that you have. Nice. Um, and, and in this case, they end up buying two or three different things. So not only did they buy the ticket, to get in, but now they bought a CD. Or you might want to offer an incentive. If you buy the ticket, you get a CD for free. Mm -hmm. um, so now you got a, you know, kind of a two for one thing going on. But that's just another part of the strategy that you need to be thinking about before, you know, you get to the show. And then, and then maybe lastly, you still want to do something cool with sponsors. You might have a local sponsor that wants to support your show. Um, or you might want to have a local organization um, that wants a little bit of stage time. You know, maybe this company down the road that um, does oil changes or something. I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe their head mechanic wants to come out just before your band goes on or before you go on and they get two minutes with the crowd, but they pay you $500 to have that two minutes. You feel me? Yeah. Like this, it's all about it's all about being creative and then developing what your strategy is going into that show or going into that release. And then remember what I say about digital. Digital is always best if it's mirroring the physical. So now you might want to have a thing on there that's like, you know, uh, instead of paying the fifteen dollar ticket, if you can't make it to my show. Go to my website, and for $2, any of you can sit from the comfort of your own home and go on my website. We're going to be live streaming from my site. All right. Just you finding innovative ways to keep them fans engaged. Yep. Keep your fans engaged. Keep you getting a little revenue going on. Um, there's all kinds of really unique things that you can do. I did, a, I did a whole series this summer that was sponsored by Angry Orchard. Um, hard cider um, on my Facebook live. I had never been on Facebook live until 
um, you know, I did this deal with them and I just broadcasted live from my fan page uh, with Angry Orchard. And I did, you know, did events. I held the events um, at my house and um, it was just real cool, intimate, kind of going back to that friends and family scenario. Um, just gave them an awesome experience. We had, you know, we had a hard, hard cider gardens uh, in, in the house and, and, and just made it kind of an experience thing, but there's so much you can do now. Um, and there's so many different, you know, brands and different people looking for exposure. So as an artist, it's like really your world. Like you can do so much if you just um, stay true to the traditional and stay innovative and in embracing the new and, and using it, using it in a way where it, it appropriates your business strategy. So think about your business strategy on par with your work ethic for your talent, as far as like rehearsing and all that kind of stuff and get yourself a soft plan, something that you can follow and something that you can amend along the way that shows how you can make your money. Cause remember, I think the average CEO in America is making somewhere between 125 to $500,000 a year. All right. $500,000 is just $50,000 CDs. You know what I'm saying? $50,000, which is, which is cool salary for a lot of independent artists is just $5,000 CDs sold. Yeah. When you break it down, it, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. In a year, you just divide that by 12. That's how many you need to move every month to have a $50,000 year. Uh, so, you know, less than a thousand CDs need to be moved a month for you to have a hundred thousand dollar year. So you think about it um, in, in its simplest form. I heard an interview with Steve Harvey that's on YouTube and you can look this up and I encourage anyone that hears this to look this up. And he's asked how to become a millionaire. And he basically says $10 at a time. Mm. That's how you become a millionaire. $10 at a time. Find something you can sell for $10 that you're really good at selling and keep selling it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, but it, but it was his way of saying basically what I'm saying, like, you know, it's, it, it just, it'll compound itself if you're really good at what you do and if you're really committed and you have something to offer people, it's just, they're going to buy it. They're going to buy it, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to ignore something that's good, yeah. but it's gotta be, it's gotta be good. It's gotta be committed and it's gotta be made available. Um, and so digital can be hard sometimes because um, if you're not investing in that advertisement, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to stay relevant um, and in people's face in a meaningful way, you know, unless of course something, you know, obviously anything can go viral um, at, at any given time, but, I think I think too many artists get caught up in oh I'm gonna go viral, and it's like uh, yeah you might you know what I'm saying but what you need to do is just focus on what you can control which is right here on the ground and give these people right here on the ground the time of their life yeah and and because you can control that and then and then take that experience and broadcast that to the digital you know capture that moment and then put it on the digital, let everybody see. So 
there's a lot of ways you can make money and there's a lot of ways to get that money, but it still all comes down to commitment and people being responsible for that. Man, so much wisdom shared, man. And this is a special episode. Like I, I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to like really break down your answers and you know not just run through them but to actually explain the ideas behind what you're saying um so thank you so much no problem man. but before we get out of here i i do want to allow people to get in contact with you so where can people find you at on social media or you know email whatever you want to give out in terms of people connecting with you or getting in contact with you yeah sure well i'm, I'm on all social platforms so if you're a Twitter person, I'm, I'm Cheyenne the Brave One. That's my handle. Um, that's Cheyenne is S-H-Y-A-N. My last name is Salah. That's S-E-L-A-H. That's what I'm known as, as an artist. So CheyenneSalah.com. Um, you can go to the SalahFoundation.org. Um, you know, any of um, Facebook. I got three, four fan pages. I got my personal, you know, profile, of course, Cheyenne Salah. You'll be able to find me, um, and of course, Instagram and, 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 and the websites and everything like that. So I'm, I'm an easy find, um, very out there, very active. And, uh, I look forward to, you know, anybody that's reaching out for whatever the purpose, uh, whether you're somebody that wants to book me for one of these kind of shows, or you're somebody that wants me to come perform, or speak at a school and do my thing that way. Or um, I also provide consultation directly too. So if there's artists that want to um, get me for an hour or get me for two hours or what have you to directly focus on um, what they're trying to create, I'm, I'm always open for that. My, my schedule is full, but that that's something I'm, I'm very actually, you know, proud of uh, that I offer. So, uh, for any artists that are listening, you know, feel free to hit me up um, via my website or go through, uh, go through my email. You can email me at Cheyenne at bnwglobal.com. Uh, that's B as in brave, N as in new, W as in world, global.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again, man, for just being a light to the world and community and sharing everything that you did with us today. And I, I hope to talk to you again in the future and connect with you as well. So. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and thank you for being a part of the show. Hey, Barry, man. I love what you're doing, man. Hats off to you. I appreciate what you do as well. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you. Will do. Have a good one. You too. Later.